0: American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Hey, y'all. Thanks for joining us for this episode of 13. It wouldn't be possible to make 13 without the support of our patrons. And we're excited to welcome some new folks. Joshua Thomas, Gray Magic, Gina Gonzalez, Mighty Iculus, Kathleen Pryor, Kaylee Rose, Sarah Roosh, Jennifer Rivera, Matthew Root, Jake R, Bridget Bauer, Manuel Ray, Sucka Free Becca, Karen, Kirshen Doily-Lang, Michelle Morales, Justin Nanuk trobway My Neighbors Are Dead, and Bonster. Thank you so much for your support. Patrons get a lot more 13. Add free episodes, additional monthly stories, weekly updates, merch, and access to a patron-only Discord server where you can chat with us and other fans of the show. Check us out at patreon.com slash 13pod. We'll put a link in the show notes. You'll hear some familiar voices in this episode, including Kayla Temshiv. Kayla has a new podcast with Dustin Parsons, who you've also heard on the show. It's an actual play podcast called Magic Isn't Real. It's a lot of fun, and you can find it wherever you're listening right now. This month's story is never walk the tracks at night by taja morgan get comfy turn down the lights are you ready on with the show The new girl was a problem. Bailey didn't see what all the fuss was about. Sure, Samara was pretty in a plain, emaciated way. And maybe Samara was nudging her way to the top of their classes. But she'd attended some fancy academy before she transferred to their backwater Southern Alberta high school. So of course she had a leg up in academics. Of course she did. Had those been Samara's only offenses... Bailey could have let it all slide. They could have been friends, since this was apparently so important to the new girl. The real problem was that despite smashing through Bailey's track and field records, after Bailey had spent the last three years working towards a track scholarship, and despite clearly knowing how to run in a straight line, Samara still couldn't stay in her goddamn lane. And that was always the problem, wasn't it? Behind her, Samara's voice rose. So you've all done this before? She spoke over Lucy's complaints and Mackenzie's laughter. Four flashlight beams bounced over the wind-bent grass as they finally reached the train tracks leading out of town. After tonight, the new girl wouldn't get in the way again. She'd see her place, and she'd stay in it. Bailey ran up the steep incline to the tracks, sneakers dislodging a small avalanche of dusty gravel behind her. Mackenzie, who we sometimes called Mac, called out from behind.
1: Initiation makes it sound so serious. Mac rattled a can noisily at her side and laughed. It's just a little paint.
0: Stabilized on the thick wooden planks of the track, Bailey pulled Lucy up first. Then she took Mac's hand and yanked her into place at her side. She met Samara's wide eyes below her, obscured by the darkness. Bailey imagined watching her fall headfirst from her pedestal. How satisfying it would be. Her lips quirked up at the corners. The new girl held out her hand, expecting a boost, as if they were besties about to braid each other's hair and gossip about boys. Bailey scowled and turned away. Behind her, she registered Max's loud huff. She could basically hear the eye roll, and then a scuff of gravel, and the new girl was at her side again. Thanks. Yeah, of course. The girl's accent scraped against Bailey's eardrums. Bailey and Mackenzie had been in pre-K together and both lost their first tooth on the same day at recess. But none of this seemed to matter to Mac when she was obsessed with a new crush. Bailey ignored the sting of the knife in her back and steered them to the left, away from the soft yellow lights of houses in the distance, far from home. Night sounds rustled the leaves of the few aspen poplars and balding spruces that bracketed the tracks. Coyotes howled in the distant farmer's fields, eager to sink their teeth into a warm meal. The sharp, sweet scent of mustard crops hung heavy in the air. Lucy tucked a chunk of short hair behind her ear as they walked, her fingers playing with the silver cross at her neck. Lucy called ahead.
1: Hey, B, are you sure it's safe to be out here? At night, I mean.
0: Mac and Samara chattered in hushed voices behind them, giggling. Bailey was sure she caught her own name tucked into those whispers. Heat swept up the back of her neck. Side-eyeing her friend, Bailey scoffed. What? You're afraid of the dark? Lucy looked away. Her flashlight beam drifted along the edges of the ruddy steel tracks, and shadows slithered out of their path.
1: No, it's just... you know what they say about these tracks.
0: Samara pushed her way to the front of the group. Wait, what do people say? Mac was a few steps behind, her arms outstretched, balancing as she walked along the rust-speckled rail. She lowered her voice to a campfire pitch.
1: Never walk the tracks at night. If you do, the witch will get you.
0: She stuck her tongue out, face contorting. Samara spoke up. The witch? And of course, the new girl didn't care that this was making Lucy
1: uncomfortable. Of course she didn't. It's just a made-up story, Lucy. It isn't made up, B. My cousin saw her.
0: Bailey glanced at Samara. The new girl's face far too interested, too keen. It was ugly, the way her features scrunched up when she tried so hard to be one of them. Performative. Her gaze drifted back to Lucy. Bailey shrugged and kept on.
1: Well, my brother hangs out on the bridge all the time, and he's never seen anything. Mac ran up beside Lucy, grinning. That's because only girls can see the witch. Go on, Lucy. What did your cousin see? God, would you stop? Bailey shot Mac a don't-encourage-her glare
0: and received only a smirk in return. Lucy's lips twisted. She saw a woman in the distance. Bailey rolled her eyes. Ghosts or witches or whatever, those were little kid stories. The real horrors were invaders posing as friends as they stripped your life from you behind your back. Invasive species. Parasites. Yeah, that's what Samara was. But not for much longer.
1: It's true, Bee. It was too far away so she couldn't see her too well. But it was still close enough to tell the witch's hands were clutching at her neck. Lucy's free
0: hand rose to her own throat a slight tremble shaking in the flashlight beam. Her mouth was moving, like she was whispering something. Bailey told the others that the bridge was up ahead. A cloud of fog was rising from the river valley, uncurled over the arid landscape, snaking between the trees and tumbling over the tracks at their feet. She could just make out the tall, crisscrossed, steel trellises encasing the bridge like a metal rib cage. They weren't far now. Bailey's heart rate kicked up a notch. She was really doing this. No going back. Bailey played it out in her mind. Get her on the ledge. The point hardest to reach. And then what? Pusher? No. That was too obvious. It had to look like an accident. Mac bounced back to Samara's side. Don't be scared. It's kind of like our town's urban legend. Samara smacked her lips together. Ooh, tell me more. Bailey ground her teeth, tilting her head back to see the stars. But the fog had already swallowed them up. Part of her wished things could be different, but it wasn't Bailey's fault the new girl swept in, ruining everything. Samara thought she was so much better than everyone else. She didn't belong here.
1: Mackenzie went on telling Samara about the witch. I heard she was riding a train at night, you know those old-fashioned ones? It was going fast, like max speed. She was on a platform at the very back, and someone snuck up behind her. Mackenzie leapt
0: forward, hands landing on Lucy's shoulders and shoving them both a step ahead.
1: Then they pushed her off the train.
0: Lucy slapped
1: Max's hand away, and then she spoke up. They didn't just push her. They slid a rope around her neck, so tight she couldn't scream. And then they tied the other end to the railing. Max's finger pressed
0: to her bottom lip.
1: That's right. Then they threw her off. The train dragged her across the prairie between stations. When the conductor finally noticed something was wrong, all that was left was an empty, bloody rope.
0: Samara chuckled in a mousy pitch. In the distance, somewhere past the fog, the coyotes yipped. Bailey snapped back. That's made up this whole thing is made up. Matt called back, too loudly and having too much fun with the whole thing.
1: It's not made up. Blood, guts and body parts were strewn all the way down the track. This very track. They didn't even find them all. Probably because scavengers dragged parts away and ate them. Why would someone push a woman off a train? Bailey could think
0: of a few reasons. Lucy started in, Zipping up her sweater against the chill of the fog, mist began swirling at their feet.
1: They pushed her because she was a witch, obviously. Witches aren't real. Are so. Lots of people are witches. But she wasn't. Some people say she stole something that didn't belong to her and that's why she was punished. But the actual story is totally different. The prairies were the first provinces in Canada to grant women suffrage, so she ran for office. Stepped on too many toes. Well, if she wasn't a witch, then why do they call her the witch of the tracks? I heard she cursed the tracks, so she has to have been a witch. That's
0: like witchcraft devil magic. Amidst all the back and forth between the girls and Bailey's growing frustration, Samara spoke up again.
1: Why'd you say only girls can see her? Because she wants revenge. It was a woman who pushed her. But don't worry about it. I'll protect you from the witch's curse. Samara laughed in Bailey's
0: peripheral
1: as the train
0: bridge emerged from the fog. steel trellises rose above them and rooted into the low riverbed. Water burbled over the smooth stones fifteen feet down. Bailey took a quick breath. The new girl was a problem, yes, but Bailey was an expert problem solver. Bailey spoke up, arms spread wide, as if making an announcement. This
1: is it. She turned to Samara. Your time to shine, new girl. Unless
0: you're too scared. Samara ducked her chin and smiled an anxious smile. Okay, let's do it. The fog lent a muffled quality to the words. Beyond these tracks, the rest of the world no longer existed. Mackenzie had a moment of pause. She hesitated, but then jumped in.
1: Hey. Hey. You know, you don't have to. I want to. Where do I do it?
0: Bailey pointed over the side of the bridge. There, she said. It wasn't a severe drop. Not really. Though, scaling the outside of the railing to graffiti the concrete of the bridge ahead added a risk factor. With the river so low, there wasn't much to break a fall. It was just high enough to get the vertigo swirling in your guts as you looked down. Just high enough to hurt if you fell. Maybe cause some lasting damage. Bailey wiped her palm on her jeans before handing Samara a spray paint can, shaking it. She kept her face carefully
1: blank. When you look over the edge, you'll see all the graffiti there. All you have to do is climb down and write your initials. Then I'll pull you back up. Samara nodded and walked
0: over to the edge. She tucked the spray paint can into her jacket. With smooth motions, she flipped one long, muscular leg over the railing, then the other, holding tight to the thin metal bar. Lucy grabbed Bailey's arm, staring into the fog. Did you hear that? Bailey shook her off. Lucy was worrying her bottom lip between her
1: teeth. I think it was a train whistle. What if the train's coming? It's not, we're fine. If the train comes, move out of the way.
0: Lucy shook her head, fingers twisting around her necklace. Her voice wavered.
1: No, something's wrong.
0: I want to go home. Lucy's parents thought she was staying with Bailey for a sleepover. They'd be pissed to know their daughter was walking the tracks at night, graffitiing the train bridge like a delinquent. Bailey's mom wouldn't even notice that she wasn't home. Lucy, just chill, it's fine. It's the witch! Bailey and Max spun around as Samara looked on, still clinging to the outside of the railing. Nothing moved in the fog. Mac frowned.
1: There's nothing there.
0: It didn't matter. Lucy was already darting off back the way they'd come, the beam of her flashlight bouncing with her quick strides. Bailey's hands flapped at her sides as she exhaled. What the hell is her problem? I'll go catch her. Mackenzie jogged off in pursuit, disappearing into the fog. Samara's voice pulled Bailey's attention back. Is she okay? Should we leave? Bailey squared her shoulders and walked up to the railing. She placed her hands on the bar between Samara's, leaning close enough to make out the flecks of gold in the new girl's eyes. In one move, her hands could sweep out, break Samara's hold. Bailey took a breath, gripping the rail.
1: She'll be fine. You want in, don't you?
0: The mental image of Samara's arms pinwheeling through the air as she fell backwards left a trembling, sinking sensation in Bailey's gut. Swallowing, and with a furtive glance at the river below, Samara nodded. Bailey looked away.
1: Okay, climb down. Slowly. I don't want you to slip.
0: Samara adjusted her grip on the rail and moved down a rung, then another. Her sneakers found purchase on the lip of the bridge beneath them. Bailey squatted to monitor her progress. Samara pulled out the can, shaking it. It was the unfairness that irked Bailey. That's what it was. Samara was pretty, smart, and oh-so-friendly. She had everything. Why wasn't that enough? Why did she have to be the best at track, too? Why couldn't Bailey have just one thing? She had worked so hard for so long. She deserved the scholarship. Samara didn't. It was selfish. That's what it was. The new girl wanted to take everything for herself and leave Bailey with nothing. With no one. Trapped in this stupid nowhere town. Bailey couldn't let it happen. She had to do this. She had to.
1: I don't think I can reach
0: it. Samara's fingers stretched out on the rail as her body hung off the ledge. The lid of the spray paint slipped free and tumbled, silent, to the riverbed below. Bailey's heart hammered in her ears. She stretched her hand out to the new girl for the first time that night.
1: Here, hang on to me!
0: Samara smiled at Bailey's outstretched hand and grabbed it. Bailey braced herself against the rail holding Samara's weight steady as the new girl stretched downward and the scent of paint rose to Bailey's nostrils. From far away, Bailey could have sworn she heard a low whistle. I got it! I did it! Samara had a wide grin, looking up at Bailey, laughing. Max's slapping footfalls caught Bailey's attention as she emerged from the fog at the end of the bridge. She was out of breath. I couldn't catch up to Lucy. Samara cried out below her, and Bailey's arm jerked forward with her weight. Glancing down, Bailey saw that Samara's foot had slipped. Her sneaker scrabbled for purchase, leg dangling. Samara pleaded, her grip tight.
1: Pull me up!
0: This was Bailey's last chance. She had to take it. As Mac ran toward them, Bailey met Samara's wide eyes, fear flooding them and spreading over her features like a broken dam. Bailey let go. Samara screamed. Max shouted something incoherent, darting to the end of the bridge and climbing down the sloped river valley. Bailey's hand trembled, her fingers still outstretched. She dropped backward, bumping into the steel rail of the tracks. Breathing hard, a cold sensation spread through her chest. She did it. It had been so easy. Gasping sobs, splashes, and grunts glided on the fog from the riverbed. Mac's voice rose up from below.
1: Shit, her leg! Oh god, she's really hurt!
0: Bailey's heart thundered. She'd solved the problem. A slow smile cracked Bailey's lips like a fissure spreading through the ice. We'll see how fast she runs now. Below, a conversation continued between Samara and Mackenzie. Mac offering to call for help. Samara saying no, she'd get in trouble. Mackenzie begging her to just wait for help. Samara trying to walk. A few minutes later, Mac appeared at the end of the bridge. Samara's arm slung over her shoulders, both of them soaked. The new girl's leg dragged between them blood and water dripping into the gravel. Samara's teary eyes met Bailey's before looking away. Bailey had a surge of panic. She could get into trouble one way or the other. Serious trouble. For letting her fall. For being here in the first place. Bailey jumped up and rushed forward, hands fluttering as her stomach sank with the weight of what she'd done. She spoke fast to both of them at once. Come on, she's fine. You're
1: fine, aren't you?
0: Bailey grabbed Samara's shoulder and roughly shook her. Mac shoved Bailey away, her eyes a cold steel.
1: She isn't fine, B. She's hurt. I'm taking her back.
0: Passing with a scowl, Mac mouthed. What is wrong with you?
1: Mackenzie, wait. It was an accident. It was obviously an accident. Let me help. Bailey laughed, but the sound was flat,
0: hollow. You've done enough. Bailey stepped back as though slapped. Her best friend and worst enemy limped into the thick fog. Bailey took a step to catch up with them. A wet crunch under her shoe stilled her. She lifted her foot to the side and angled the flashlight down. The beam illuminated a chunk of something small and fleshy. A white sliver protruded from it. Bailey stared, uncomprehending, as her brain tried to make something out of the image. With a sharp gasp, Bailey jumped back. A human finger lay on the tracks. Fresh and bloody. The white bone protruded through the gravel-encrusted flesh. No way. She was just a little banged up. That was all. Bailey blinked, and the image faded. Shaking her head, she lifted the beam of light. Mac and Samara were nowhere to be seen. Twigs snapped nearby. Bailey swept the beam through the fog, spinning toward the sound, but there was nothing. The impulse to run seized her, tightening her muscles, but as she stared up and down the track, she realized she didn't know which direction she was facing anymore. Mac and Samara were out of sight, swallowed by the fog impossibly fast, but had they gone right or left? In the darkness, in the mist of the river, both directions looked the same. Bailey spun slowly.
1: Mackenzie! Lucy!
0: No sound penetrated the fog. Her own voice barely carried. But in the distance, she spotted movement along the tracks. A dark silhouette. There, Bailey darted forward. She could explain how it was an accident. Samara slipped, that was all. She couldn't hold on to her. She was just too heavy. Was that Bailey's fault? Mac would understand. She would.
1: Mac? Wait up! Somebody!
0: Bailey was panting as her sneakers slapped across the gravel and she gained speed. The sweet smell of mustard crops in the distance shifted, taking on an edge of rot. The bridge disappeared behind her, only the steel tracks visible at her feet, guiding her forward and locking her into a straight path. The fog wasn't lifting. Despite running her fastest, the silhouette was as far away as when she'd started. How could they be moving so quickly with the new girl injured? Leaning over with her hands on her knees, Bailey sucked in air. The silhouette stilled, turning. Seeing her opportunity, Bailey took another breath and ran. She was closing in now, the dark outline growing darker against the white fog, larger. She could almost make out Max's features, only... She was alone. Bailey scuttled to a halt. Had Mac left Samara behind? Impossible. Bailey would have passed her. Staring at the shape ahead, as it pivoted slowly in her direction, a chill passed through her veins. That isn't Mac her heart hammering in the tight confines of her ribcage, Bailey stepped back. The silhouette moved closer, the fog between them parting slowly from the ground up, followed by the heavy stench of decay. A woman's figure emerged, scraps of fabric dragging over the ground, bare feet stumbling haltingly over the tracks. Bailey gasped. Her eyes lifted, catching on the swinging end of a thick rope and traveling up to the woman's bowed arms. Her bent elbows slashed at the air as her grimy hands clutched at her own neck. She twisted side to side, struggling against the rope with each step. Bailey's legs weakened beneath her. The steel tracks shivered. Loose gravel dancing and shifting. Above her grasping fingers, the woman's lips moved silently. Gaping and desperate, her eyes opened wide like bright lights in the night. Bailey's hand slapped over her own mouth as her breath burned in her lungs. The woman's gaze trapped her, almost pleading... Just like Lucy said, the witch. She was trying to speak, but her voice had been taken from her. For the first time in her life, Bailey couldn't run. The impulse to move strangled her, left every muscle in her legs screaming, but her feet didn't budge. She couldn't breathe, couldn't look away. Each stumbling step brought the hunched figure closer. Cold sweat dampened Bailey's shirt, dripping down her skin. Flesh slid off of the witch's body, peeling away in strips and splattering, steaming along the tracks behind her. A whisper carried on the chilled air, but Bailey couldn't make it out, low like a whistle from far away. Her brain tripped over itself, caught in a gale between shock and confusion, and beneath that, something else. A magnetic pull. A snare. The witch needed to tell her something. She needed to be heard. Rotting lips flapping, the witch's eyes flashed, Just then, something wrapped around Bailey's neck from behind, jerking her backward. Bailey crashed to the ground, landing hard on the wooden planks as sharp gravel cut through her jeans. She reached for her neck, gasping as a scream tried and failed to escape. Her fingers brushed against a thick twist of rope for a fleeting moment before the pressure disappeared and Bailey collapsed. Coughing, she scrabbled to her feet. Hand at her throat, she panted and sobbed, heartbeat thrashing in her ears. There was no one behind her. Tremors racked Bailey's weak limbs. She spun back toward where the witch had been and her gruesome face hovered inches from Bailey's own. Wide-eyed, the witch's lips opened, her jaw cracking audibly at the movement. From deep within the cavern of the woman's mouth, a bright white light emerged, growing larger as her lips parted and split around it. The howl of a train whistle erupted from the witch's throat, shattering the night air. Bailey's own mouth opened in a scream as thousands of pounds of steel crashed into her. The piercing whistle echoed through the fog as the train dragged her crushed body down the tracks. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 13. If you like what you heard, stop what you're doing and leave a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This month's story was Never Walk the Tracks at Night by Taja Morgan. Narrated by me, Brooke Jeanette. Bailey was Kayla Temshiv, Mackenzie was Abigail Blythe. Lucy was Carly Culahan, Samara was Haberlin Roberts. Music, editing, and sound design by Kayla Britchie. Our producer-level patrons are Rick Linville, Tattooed Fox, Rhiannon, Sean Geary, Anthony Diaz, Michael Vasquez, Paul Doyle, Amy Harper, Jackie Kay, Delta Tango, Chantelle Payne, Nick, Emily Douglas, Stephanie Klinger, Travis Faber, and Jake R. Thank you so much for your support. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about joining us on Patreon. Check us out on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok under Pod13. And you can join the Facebook group for 13 Podcast. Just look for the logo. You'll find links in the show notes. If you'd like to submit a story to be performed on the show or to contact us about anything else, get in touch at info at 13podcast.com. You'll find submission guidelines and other info on our website 13podcast.com. You can find that in the show notes too. Bridget Howard is getting on a train. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next month.